0: we well, welcome to his presence are well, welcome to his presence and uh, this afternoon we're going to continue where we stopped in the morning we started looking at f- uh, looking at uh, the seven principles of financial success as a follow-up to what the Lord spoke unto us that it is a new beginning of giving Amen. a new beginning of giving And we asked ourselves, why do people give? And it looks as if the reward of giving is not manifesting in their lives. And we said, there are six principles that we need to take note of. That if we integrate these six principles with our giving, then we are assured that as we give, we are built up, we are developed. And the first principle that we we talked about was, anybody wants to help us out? Six principles of financial success. Number one was what? Pray for God's favor and blessing upon your work. This cannot be overemphasized. This, I mean, uh, what's that song again? Prayer is the key. Prayer is the key. Prayer is the master key. Jesus started with prayer, he ended with prayer, prayer is the master, prayer is the master key. So the principle number one is, pray for God's favor and blessing upon your work. And what is number two? Pay your tithes and offering. And we said, paying your tithe and offering is not because God needs your tithe, but it's because it's a show of your own allegiance and faithfulness to who? To God. When you bring your tithe and offering to the house of the Lord, you are telling him that, Lord, I know my success depends on you. I am putting you first. That's what I'm putting him first. That's what you are demonstrating. When but your tithe and offering, you show that you are you putting him first, he will show forth on your behalf. And like uh, we are made to understand, we said it is tight plus. Tight plus. So it doesn't stop at just saying, I give 10%. 10% is the minimum. 10% is the starting point. And as we come faithfully before the Lord, he will meet with us in Jesus' name. What's the third one? Save money and do what? Reduce your debt. Save money, reduce your debt. And we gave the example of... Who, who, whose example did we give? Joseph. Joseph. We give the example of Joseph. When he advised Pharaoh, he said, in time of plenty, save 20%. So that when the seven years of famine will come, the 20% you've saved in time of plenty will be available to you. And that's exactly what happened. And we went on for that to make us realize that seven years of plenty will always follow by, will be followed by seven years of famine. How you prepare will determine how you survive. And by God's special grace, we will make it gloriously in Jesus' name. We will not just manage. We will thrive and flourish in the name of Jesus. So what's the next one? Invest Invest for your future. That's what we're discussing this morning. Invest for your future. That is very important. We say because uh, because of inflation. Because of inflation, the money you have today, if you don't invest, what it will buy today, it cannot buy tomorrow. What it will buy this week, it cannot buy next week. What it will buy this year, it cannot buy next year. The challenge for you is to ensure that your money that you invest brings in more than inflation. And that is, that, that, that's what we are all ex- I mean expected to work upon. When we talked about Joseph saving 20%, we said, you cannot just wake up and say, I'm going to start saving 20%. Some people can do it. Our children who are, just starting, I mean, who are just beginning to work now, you can even afford to save 90% after you pay your tithe or save 80% or save 70%. So that's the benefit and advantage you have that we don't have. Many of us uprooted ourselves from Africa and came here at the, at the what do you call it? at the peak yes i think that's the word, when it was as if the career was beginning to pick up and begin to flourish all the money you made there you convert it to a dollar and say well see you brethren i'm going on a journey and we come here and we have to start all over the second week you get there you, you pay your first house rent and finally a pay rent of one thousand dollars you begin to convert it to your foreign currency say wonderful is this how much i'm paying for rent here so before we stabilize, we step. now, our children have an advantage. Tell somebody the advantage. advantage. You have an advantage. You can stay at home, put some things together, lay a right foundation, build upon it. But I know that most of our children, what, what's, what, what are they, what's their eagerness? What are they eager to do? Anybody in the spirit? No, not buy, not spend. They are eager to leave the house. They are eager to do what? But leaving the house has a cost. It has a cost. Why should you be, I hope the children that are here are listening to me. Why are you eager to leave the house and go and spend $18,000 on rent for one year? When you could have done with $18,000? I just, Look, save it with no interest. It's better. When there's a room in your parents' home, and they are not driving you out. And you just want to live, you just want to live, you just want to live to go and spend money you don't have to spend. Some things that, that took us five years, ten years to build, it can take you one year to build. Do you realize that? Apart from my IRSP account, brethren, I don't have ten thousand dollars in any account. Is somebody with me? Because all my investment is in what? It's in my RRSP. That's how I started since I was in TD. Up to today, that's why I leave it. If I need money, I withdraw it from there. So if you are able to start early in life, and you are earning income, and uh, mommy and daddy say, okay, you are earning income, I'm not, going to, I'm not taking any rent from you, but from the income you are earning, make sure you save how much? $1,000. $1,500. That is the equivalent of the rent you're supposed to pay for me. Is somebody listening? I'm not saying give me rent. I don't need your rent. But that money that you could have gone to pay out as rent, do what with it? Save it. Invest it. Many of our children know these things. You are going, look, I'm here. I'm in Canada today. My mom is still alive. My mom is 87 years old. She doesn't know where I am. I talked to her on the phone. I left the house long ago. So, for you to be in a hurry, instead of laying the right foundation for yourself, you just want to leave the house. I believe somebody is listening to me. The Lord will help us in Jesus' name. So, it's very important. When we are talking about investing for your, into your future, investing for your future, that's how you see some young ladies these days, some young men, 25 years old, they already have a condo. They may not even be living there. Are paying their mortgage they have a tenant there the tenant is doing what? Is the one paying the mortgage and the guy is still in his father's house the only thing you have to do is clear snow when it's winter is that what you're running away from the lord will help us in jesus name stay there clear the snow in fact wash plate for mommy and say mommy mommy, I mean, mommy you know what you are enjoying by the time you move out you already have Two, three condos. Is that possible or not? It is. Don't be in a hurry. Think like an investor. Think like a rich young man. Think like a rich young lady. You have a glorious future. Amen. That which took us so long to do can take you a very short period. Amen. We will celebrate you in Jesus' name. Amen. I said, we will celebrate you in Jesus' name. Amen. So that's talking about investing for your future. And we say when eventually you begin, you, you start uh, working in any place of work you are. When they try to encourage you to invest in your RSP and they say we are going to match it, jump for it. Do what? Go into that RSP, let them match it. Get the maximum you can get. You are investing for your future. So when it's time for retirement, you don't need to be afraid. You can easily walk into retirement and say, yeah, what do you have for me, Mr. Retirement? And with the Lord on your side, the future gets even brighter. Is that not so? I think they said the man that started KFC, Cornel Sander or something like that, I believe they said the man started KFC at the age of 70. And when he started, if I understand very well, maybe he had less than $500 or so. But he remembered his mommy's recipe. And he began to prepare it, and people began to enjoy it. And they are saying, "Can I have more?" I said, "You can have more if you want to. Pay, if you are able to pay more." Before you know it, the man became a very rich man. So it's never too late. Tell somebody it's never too late. But if you have an, a, a, I mean, if you have the opportunity to start early, start early, that the Lord's name may be glorified. It's never be glorified in your life in Jesus' name. So today, I mean, this afternoon we are going to point number five, which is called. Philanthropy. I don't know how to pronounce that thing. Philanthropy. Uh Philanthropy. Amen. Now let's look at James chapter 1. James chapter 1. James chapter 1. I'm going to read verses 26 and 27. James chapter 1 verses 26 and 27. Like I said, I mean, these things are being recorded. It's on our YouTube channel. It's on our Facebook channel. Please, if you miss any of them, listen to it. Just play it you will gain something there. We are not going to leave anyone behind. Someone does not like that. I said we are not leaving anyone behind. Amen. We are all moving forward together gloriously in Jesus' name. Amen. Every member of this church at this season will have a testimony Amen. in the name of Jesus. So James chapter 1 verse 26 says, If any man among you seem to be religious, and really not his tongue, but at his own heart, this man's religion is vain. Now look at verse 27. It says, Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction and to keep himself unspotted from the world. Visit the fatherless. Visit the widow. Keep yourself unspotted from the world. Now, the key thing we want to bring down there is caring for the fatherless and the widows. Doing what? Now, if you have followed the principles that we laid down before we go to this place, then it's going to be easy for you to reach out. It will be easy for you to give to the widows and others. That's not the starting point. But when you build... A right foundation. You will get to that point. Proverbs 22 verse 9. Proverbs 22 verse 9. Proverbs 22 verse 9. It says, he that hath a bountiful eye shall be blessed. For he giveth his bread to the poor. If you will be blessed. If the Lord will increase you. If the Lord will multiply you. You must make sure that you get to a point that you care for the poor. You give unto the poor. It's an avenue, it's an open door unto blessings. So take care of the widows, give to the poor, and like I've said earlier, uh, uh, earlier on, give to your pastor. When you, we all know the story of the widow of Zarephath. The widow of Zarephath. In First Kings chapter 17, from verse 9 to verse 16, we know that story very well, 1 Kings 17, verse 9 to verse 16, The Lord spoke to Elijah. He said, go to Zarephath. I have commanded a widow there to sustain thee. Why? Why was it that of all the people in Israel, why was it a widow that God chose to sustain Elijah? Does anybody, anybody, can anybody help us out? Why is it that of all the people in Israel, it was a widow God spoke to, to sustain? Because look at what he told as he was telling Elijah, he said, I have commanded a widow there to sustain thee. Why a widow? Anybody wants to help us out? Is the husband or the widow? And father to the wireless Okay, yes. He wanted to use the opportunity to do what? To bless the widow. Hmm, that, that is very deep. He wanted to use that opportunity to bless the woman. So he said, out of the abundance, unquote, I mean, it's not abundance. (laughs) The woman said, We have just a morsel of bread left. We are just gathering sticks to eat it, and after we eat it, we'll do what? We die. But God had a better plan. And I want somebody here to know God has a better plan. God will always go for your last and your best. When you give him your last and your best, then he will show forth himself on your behalf. You know, somebody said our God is a show of God. Amen. He's what? He's a show of God. He will show up on your behalf. He commanded a widow, and it's possible that she was the only person that would obey God at that point in time. The rich are not good at obeying God. Do you realize that? Rich people, they are not good at obeying God. Though. The first thing they will take about is what? Is It's their money. That's the first thing they would think about. It's like when Jesus was at the treasury and he was looking at how people were bringing in whatever they had. And he said there was one widow that she brought what? A mite. Very tiny thing. And he said she gave all. It's easy, and in both instances they are widows. It's easy for those that completely trust in God to give their all to God. And if you are ready to give your all to God, God will give his all to you. And I can assure you, when God gives his all to you, what does he do? He transforms your life, he transforms your situation. You will be transformed in Jesus' name. So in that first Kings chapter 17, from verse 9, the Lord commanded a widow to feed Elijah. Elijah came before her and said, Good afternoon, ma. I want to drink water. Give me water to drink. She didn't complain. As she was going to get him water, he said, I also need bread. <laughs> the woman said, This one is going too far. Don't you know what is happening in the land? He said, I don't have a cake. I have a hundred of a verse 12, a meal in a barrel, and a little oil. I'm gathering two sticks. Go in and prepare for me and my son that we may eat it and die. And then the word of the Lord came forth to Elijah. As the word of the Lord is coming forth to someone here today. He says, fear not, go and do as thou hast said, but make me a little cake first, and bring it to me, and then make for thee and for thy son. For thus said the Lord, the God of Israel, the barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruise of oil fail, until the day the Lord sent it upon the earth. I hope somebody is grabbing that. The Lord is telling someone here today, you will not lack. It does not matter if there's lockdown times, lockdown, whatever it is, you will not lack. Divine multiplication will be rooted in your finances. Divine multiplication will be rooted in your house. Divine multiplication will be rooted in all that God has given unto you. So shall it be in Jesus' name. Our general overseer shared a story with us about the general superintendent, that is the founder, the person God gave the revelation of this church to. Many of us have heard this story. They were in the house. There was no money. They had maybe the last, in the, in the pot that they had, the last item was about to finish. Whatever it is, I don't know. And the man prayed. And God spoke to him. And God said, tell your wife, whenever it's time to eat, she must not look inside the pot. She should just dip the spoon and bring out whatever is in there. But she must not do what? Look inside the pot. And so, the, the man gave the instruction to his wife. And so whenever it was time to eat, warm the pot, put the spoon inside, and beautiful things were coming out. Bokotos. Uh, what are the other ones? What do you call it? Chaki. Uh-huh. That, you are speaking in tongues. Lungs, kidneys, heart—different uh, things. She put this food, on. and they were eating. They were doing fine until one day she became curious, and she forgot that she was told, "Don't look in the pot." And she looked in the pot, and what did she find in the pot? The pot was empty. This was a testament that was shared with us. It's not a story; it happened it happened a man of God this man, man of, this one he told me himself he's still there in Ibadan they went for a camp meeting when they got to the camp meeting you know what they call Christian camp meeting not, not what we would call camp here so they went for a camp meeting and they had a cooler of rice lo and behold they got to the camp and they had so many people they were not prepared for and they just prayed and I said, begin to share the rice. And just that single cooler of rice fed everybody at the camp. And it was not a, not a what do you call that thing? Not the one that they will give you two grains and say, you just take something. Everybody ate and were filled. So when I'm praying for you today, that the substance in your house will not run dry. Hey. That God will bless you. Amen. That God will multiply you. Amen. That as you give, God will ensure that you never lack. Amen. That you will be a testimony among many. Yes, yes. So shall it be in Jesus' name. Amen. The God who did it in the Bible, brethren, is still doing it. Hallelujah. And these are part of the world, what's coming to us on account of our anniversary. And I pray that in a year, time will look back to this moment. Your testimony will not be lacking. Amen. In a year, time we will look back to this moment. Your testimony will be glorious. Amen. So shall it be in Jesus name. Amen. This woman obeyed the word of the Lord. She did according to what Elijah said. She prepared a small cake for him. And from that moment onwards that which she had Verse 16, he said, The barrel of milk wasted not. Neither did the cruise of oil fail. According to the word of the Lord, which is spoke by Elijah. The oil of the Lord will not fail in your house. Divine provision will permanently be your portion. In Jesus' name. What are we talking about? Number one, we said, take care of the widows. Number two, we said, take care of the poor. Number three, we said, give to to your pastor. That's what that woman did and so the pastor made a pronouncement from the depth of his heart and we are told there are some excuses that people will give they say after all I give my tithe I give my offering or they say after all the pastor gets a salary why should I give him anything it's not the pastor that blesses is he it's not whatever you give the pastor cannot take care of his responsibilities it cannot God knows how he takes care of his own servants he knows how he takes care of his own children. Now, if God wants to make you an answer to prayer, you can choose that you don't want to be. Amen? I mean, once in a while, uh, I remember one of our, um, within, within the past two weeks, on a Sunday morning, I just woke up and I felt like giving something to somebody. It's a very close friend of mine. And I just called that person. I said, I mean, what's your account number? So, so, so. And so I did. Now, later in the day, he now told me, he said that morning, he looked at his account, and he needed to make a payment of $700 for his uh, credit card payment. And he looked, like, he looked right, left, and center. Everywhere was dry. And he told God, that, Father, I'm in your hand. I don't know how you're going to do it but I need this money for tomorrow. That day before the service ended, two people came to him in church. And say, pastor, Take, pastor, take. I looked at it, there was still a very big gap between the 700 and what he had. And then he got the, what do they call that thing? The alerts of what I sent to him. And it was exactly what he needed to make up He's 700. dollars Now, but where am I going? I was happy because I did something that is what is an answer to somebody's prayers. You may not understand what I, what I'm saying. When you do something that is an answer to somebody's prayer, it means uh, 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 it means God is speaking to me too to help somebody. And if God is doing that, can he leave you empty? No. Ah, that's why I like this prayer We normally pray. That make me a channel of blessing. Have you prayed that prayer before? There is no way God will make you a channel of blessing that you will not be what? You will not be blessed. That's not the way of our God. If he's going to make you a channel of blessing, uh, blessing will not just flow through you without you being blessed. It's because you are blessed that you can bless others. And I pray for someone listening to me this afternoon. God will make you a channel of blessing. God will make you a kind of blessing. God will bless you that you may be able to bless others. God will make you the source of other people's testimonies. Do you understand that prayer? That with what God will do in your life unto others, they will begin to make you a reference point for their testimonies. So shall it be in Jesus' name. Philanthropy, reaching out. There is no way you tell the story of Elijah that you will not tell the story of this woman. That meal never failed because she accommodated the man of God. The Shuaba woman, we know her story in second, Excuse me. second chapter four, second chapter four. Um, virtually the whole, uh, uh, the whole chapter. From verse 8 to 11, the Bible tells us about this woman. Elijah used to just pass there on his way, on his journeys, on his missionary journey, if I may call it. And she told her husband, this man is a man of God. And she will not allow him to pass without constraining him to eat bread. It's a man of God. If you are fasting, you have to break the fast food. You are not leaving this place without eating. And they said, as often as he passed, he turned there to eat bread. And then she went to her husband and said, it's not enough that we are just giving this man of God bread. Let's build a room for him. Let's, so that he can rest whenever he's passing. She was spiritually sensitive. Her husband would not argue with her. He said, go ahead. But look at how she was blessed, brethren. When she started all this, she was not looking for a child. She said, I'm happy. I'm in the middle of my people. I think God has finished his business. He has decided not to give me a child. No problem. But God said, I am not true with you yet. And the Lord is talking to someone here today. He said, I am not true with you, with you yet. Amen. I said, God is saying, I am not true with you yet. Elijah, I mean, Elisha looked at her and said, what do we do to give to this woman? Then he found out that she had no child. In verse 16 of that passage, Elisha said, about this season according to the time of life, thou shalt embrace a son. And he said, look, man of God, don't lie to me. She knew her state. Don't tell me I will have a child. But verse 17 says, and the woman conceived, you will conceive. Don't worry. If you stopped having children, when I say you will conceive, it does not just say there are so many things you are going to conceive. Some people are going to conceive ideas. Some people are going to conceive dreams. Some people are going to conceive visions. Some people will conceive. I mean, It's a word from the throne of grace that will lift you up. So I pray for someone listening to me again today. I said you will conceive. Said the woman conceived and bear a son at that season that Elijah had said unto her, according to the time of life, you've been managing life. It's time for you to enjoy abundance. Amen. You know what the Lord said? He said, the thief commembers for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I am coming, that you may do what? Have life, have life and have it how? More Not just abundantly. More abundantly. Receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. But you know, the devil is, is, is stubborn. How many of us know that? The devil is stubborn. He's, that's why he's a goat. Yes. He couldn't stop her from having a child because she decided that this man of God, I will take care of him. And so she had the child. And the Bible says one day, just one day. The Bible says from verse 18, when the child was grown, he went to his father, I mean to the reapers, and he said to his father, my head, my head, just like that. Just a small headache. And in verse 20 we are told, that by the time they brought him to his mother he sat on her knees till noon and then the boy died how can somebody that is a product of divine intervention just die like that the woman said no way I didn't ask for a child all I did was I took care of the man of God the child cannot now live to be 12 years old, 14 or whatever it is and die, no way, I'm not going to take that don't take that which is not yours that's what take. don't take that which is not yours. Every uh, what do you, how do they call it? All? every load of the enemy, back to sender in Jesus' name. Amen. I said back to sender in Jesus' name. Amen. She put the boy on the bed, went to a man of God, and said, "I have come. I didn't ask for a child. You told me God will give me a child. There's no reason why that child should die." And the child lived. I say, and the child lived. Amen. Whatever God has given unto you shall be permanent. Amen. The enemy will not steal for you what the Lord has given unto you. Amen. The miracle that God is perfecting in your life, he will perfect in Jesus' name. All it all started because she made up her mind to take care of her pastor. That's why, I'm go- that's, that's why we're going there. Philanthropy, giving out. Being a source of blessing to someone. Having someone look back and say, ah, thank God for your life. The person may not even say it to you. The person may say it to someone else. But God already has taken note. He has taken note. And He will make sure that the words of God in the book of Jeremiah comes to, I mean, in the book of Joel comes to pass in your life. That says, and my people. Shall never walk, shall never be ashamed. When you stand up and say, no, 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 no. The work of God cannot be put to shame. The man of God cannot be put to shame. The child of God cannot be put to shame. God will not say, eh. Since you have made up your mind that my work will not be put to shame, I will see to you that you are not put to shame. I pray for someone here today, you he will not be put to shame. The glory of God will be your portion. The Lord will smile on you. I said the Lord will smile on you, and His name will be glorified in your life. Let's wonder nothing.